You're listening to the Solution Focus Podcast, the official podcast of the UK Association for Solution Focus Practice. And I'm your host, Alan Parry. In this episode of the Solution Focus Podcast, I have two guests, Elfie Cherney and Dominic Goda. Elfie and Dominic, plus their daughter Bibiana, are travelling the world in their solution-focused motorhome. And they're also the hosts of the wonderful podcast, Simply Focus. As you'll hear, they weave solution focus into their daily lives, their relationship, and their family. And they'll be talking about how they apply solution focus in leadership and in coaching. So a big welcome to Elfie Cherney and Dominic Goda. Okay, well, welcome, Dom- Dominic and Elfie. Thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Hello, Alan. We're so excited to be here with you today. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank oh, no, you for a- having us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm a big fan of your podcast, Simply Focus, so it's lovely to have you on this one. Oh, thank you very much. So before we, we start with anything, I wonder if you could both just give us a, a little bit of context to those people tuning in in terms of who you are and what you do and what you're up to. Yeah, we're uh, traveling with our RV in the US and in Canada right now and spreading the solution focused approach around the world. We're a family, Elfie, Dominic and Bibiana and uh, have been doing solution focus for around 15 years now and just enjoy the lovely time we have now to spread solution focus and also to experience it as a family even more. We painted, so that, sorry, Elfie. So we painted our RV. It's like it's messages, solution-focused messages on our oh. RV. And what well, kind of um, translated into pictures as well. And it's just lovely to see how people react to our RV because it was one of the things to spread the message also to people who would never get in contact with solution focus. So what does your RV say? What other kind of messages? Well, when we designed it, we had the summary or our summary of solution focus. And there are some messages like, for example, change is happening all the time or solution focused listening or solution focused language game we love to play or it's kind of magic and other things on there. Kind of uh, things that are playful and then that invite people to talk to us about that. And also and message like um, friend power is stronger than willpower. As this is one of the things we so much experience in the solution focused community. And that's why we so much appreciate what you're up to with your podcast to invite people to learn more about solution focus and to nourish this friend power. Yeah, that's lovely. And I'm just wondering, how did all this come about? Because you've been traveling in, in your motorhome. Am I right in saying that it's, it's been going on now for over a year? Yeah, we've, uh, we started on uh, June 14th, 2017. And now it's almost 14 months now that we're on the road. Yeah, how did it all start? There are different stories about that. Um, Elfie and I, we uh, were both uh, solution-focused uh, trainers and uh, did a lot of leadership training. We um, were at the University of Applied Science in Lucerne, had uh, leadership courses there that we did with them. And it was uh, very uh, great work. A lot of people that uh, adopt the solution-focused approach in their leadership daily life. And what we realized is... Um, and we want to spread the solution-focused approach even more, especially also to people who um, have kind of no chance to get in contact. And, um, well, that was one of the ideas and uh, well, it emerged uh, when we met each other for the first time. We had this idea that we could, well, travel the world and spread love and spread this message. So, yeah, that's one of the stories. Um, are there, are there more stories? Has, have, have you got an alternative version, Elfie? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or adding to this version. So when we met each other for the first time, it was a Soul conference. It was the Soul CEE conference in Visegrad, the first Soul yeah. CEE, I guess. And we're actually very excited that the next Soul conference will be in Visegrad again in 2019. So we really hope to be back there. <laughs> 
And um, so we saw each other and there was some kind of magic going on between the two of us. And <laughs> it was the first time actually when this idea of traveling with an RV came up and this idea was more a possibility among a lot of possibilities back then. And still it was very concrete. So we started, you know, to talk about our preferred future, how this preferred future living in an RV and spreading the word about solution focus could look like. And okay, that's interesting, isn't Christmas. it? Because you've actually used the, the kind of solution focused technique of preferred future to design all of this. Yes, we very much did, actually. So we even back then had um, the name of our RV, which was Hearty. We met each other through giving a heart hug to each other. And we thought, okay, <laughs> the name of our RV has to be Hearty. And then um, it was, I think this was in, in October and or September. And then in October, we, we actually became a couple. And in December, I still remember I sat there. It was Christmas. We celebrated together. And we had a piece of paper and just drawing things about, you know, what, what's important to us in the upcoming month. And one thing I drew was the, the motorhome I would love to live in. And actually, our motorhome really looks like the motorhome I drew back wow. then, or at least similar. We still have this yeah. picture on our wall, so we can see it from here. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> so that, continue, that preferred future continues to inspire you as you're traveling around? Yeah, it does, for sure. And it's still like, you know, it worked so well talking about this preferred future and then also let go of it because then we became pregnant and BB came to the world and things like focus shifted a little. And after a few years, well, after one year, I think when, when Bibi was one year old, we realized, okay, we want to do something different. So we really loved the work we did. And still there were a lot of things we thought, okay, we could be more effective. We could spread the message of solution focus even more. And we could apply it in our lives even more. So in our daily life as a family, as a couple, as people in this world. And... So one day I sat down and um, kind of it was Dominic and Bibiana went out to his parents and I was at home alone and I sat down and meditated and all of a sudden I felt like, oh my gosh, it's time for doing this journey now. And <laughs> Dominic, when he came home, I just said to him, you know what, I think we should drive. And he looked at me and said, yes. <laughs> and I said, are you crazy? You, I just said this sentence. You don't even know what I'm talking about. And he said, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. We should do the journey. And I'm like, oh, wow, you really say yes? Well, you cannot say yes that easy. But he's very, wow. and he's very good in saying yes and. And so the whole journey started. And we started to talk about our preferred future again. We started to set dates, which we realized was really important to um, you know, to, 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 to look what is a good time to leave, to do the first steps and then communicate it and really start giving our energy into of our energy, our thoughts, our life into the direction of this preferred, concrete preferred future. And wow, one of the story. Yeah, one of the questions we asked each other was uh, how would we notice that we're on our way to this journey? And there was the RV. We realized we need to buy an RV and everything else will, sh will kind of show itself afterwards. So the first thing we actually did was buying the RV and then everything else went from there. Also the paintings around the RV, really kind of designed for this RV. Also the travel, we first had ideas to travel to Russia, for example. And with the RV that we bought, the motorhome we bought, it just became clear it will not be Russia. It will not be Lake Baikal. It will be more like countries where they have uh, concrete roads and <laughs> we can yeah. drive in a, well, with this RV. So everything kind of went from there and kind of emerged step by step. Yeah, it's, it's interesting listening to you both because you mentioned as part of that answer about applying solution focus to your daily life to your family life and that comes across very strongly in your podcast the fact that you do that 
How do you actually manage to do that? How do you incorporate solution focus so much into your daily life? Wow, there are so many ways of doing it. I mean, like maybe I can go back to the time when we started our journey in this concrete sense. So after we took the decision of actually do the journey and, and going on the road and do this trip. So we yeah. every week we would take time and just look back to the to to the last week and ask each other, oh, what did we do this week that go you know that shows us that we are on our way to a preferred future? And then sometimes we felt like we didn't do anything this week. But when we took time, we realized, you know, we read this book, we did this little research here, we did this little research there, we talked about with people. And a lot of things emerged and that gave us so much energy to move on and to develop ideas for the next week and to have energy to enjoy to do it the next week as well. And I think one thing that's very important to us is to do the things we do in joy and ease and not to work hard to get the things. And Solution Focus offers so many awesome tools to do that. Well, I love that. If I can just recap on that before you, you carry on and share some others. So you, you had this preferred future in mind and then it was like a weekly practice then where you say, you know, what do we what do we notice that shows us that we're on our way to that preferred future? Yeah, yeah. What a lovely question. <laughs> and and I'm going to kind of go solution focus back on you by saying, what else? <laughs> what, what, what else have you, have you done that allows you to incorporate it into this daily life? Yeah, one thing that uh, for sure helped too, our tour is called SF on Tour, Solution Focus on Tour. And we have this big on our motorhome. So sfontour.com is up there and yeah. all the messages around. And what we realize is that we have so many conversations through that that, uh, well, we don't have to really actually think about doing solution focus, but invited to conversations so often um, through other people through that. And also it kind of makes us uh, accountable for how we live our life. And I kind of <laughs> like that. It's a commitment. And yeah. uh, we show that uh, to everyone. And so we well, remind ourselves over and over again to also live that and do that. And one thing that we realize often is that people come and say, well, how do you manage to do that? Because um, we're sometimes annoyed, we're sometimes angry, we sometimes fight, and <laughs> we cannot stay in the solution-focused mode all the time. And then yeah. we always say, well, we can't either. It's not about that. I think this is a very strange idea that you can always be in the solution-focused mode. What we realize is that change is happening all the time. And of course, sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's harder. And our topic more and more became how can we refocus? How can we, when it's all difficult, for example, when we drive and Bibiana is tired and Elfie is tired and I'm tired and Bibiana might be crying and we have this uh, parking lot to sleep at that we don't want to be or drive on for another 100 kilometers. So how do we manage there to refocus faster and faster. And that's become really a joy to see that and see what worked there. So it's not about always being solution-focused, but about really kind of realizing it faster and faster and refocus in situations like that. And I think very much to support each other in refocusing, be it by a simple question, be it by a statement. And also Bibiana is very good in supporting us to refocus. So <laughs> really? she starts to ask us questions or sometimes just says like, oh, mommy, you're upset now. Can you smile at me, please? <laughs> 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 yeah, I still remember one uh, experience in the beginning when we started. We realized that our RV is leaking. So when it rains, the, the ceiling got wet and uh, it's wood, so it got very soft. Oh, no. I tried to figure out everything my, by myself and well, I couldn't sleep and it was difficult for me. And um, at one night, I remember I wanted to ask me solution focused questions, but I was just in this uh, issue of, well, whew, ceiling is wet and this journey is over and our dream is over. And, and the only question that came to my mind is, well, what could make it worse? 
I was like, no, I don't want to ask me that question. Uh, but I only had the, these, these, these thoughts. It was impossible for me to kind of get out by myself. In the morning, I woke up and I told Elfie, well, I couldn't sleep. And she said, oh, okay. So she asked me a question. And uh, within a few minutes, um, well, it was easy to refocus. And that's also what we mean with friend power is stronger than willpower. Sometimes it's not enough to just to want to kind of ask question, but really to have spouses, sparing partners to ask you those questions and help you to refocus and come into the solution-focused mode again and into, well, the world of possibility. Yeah, I'm really curious now, Elfie. What was the question you asked him? Do you remember? Oh, that's a very good question. I guess one of the things I might have asked him, just I asked this question to myself when he said it, what, what really actually was the question. And I guess it was something like, wow, what could be helpful for you right now? Yeah. And then he, this is what I remember, he said, oh, it would be helpful to get some solution-focused questions. And then I asked him, what are your best hopes from our conversation? And from there, I think it was just two more questions. And we knew, actually, he didn't only feel better, but we exactly knew what to do because we were on our way to Poland that time. And... Um, Due to the rain and due to the leak in the ceiling, we decided to turn around and go back to Austria and to go to my parents' place because my parents were just on holiday and close to my parents' place, there was an RV dealer who could help us fix that. So it was quite fast that we were able to act, to do something different, even so to change our ideas. And we never talk about plans. We, we talk about ideas of traveling, which is very helpful as well, I think. And yeah, it's, it's a powerful example, isn't it, of how, the, how looking towards the preferred future rather than the problem can get you unstuck very quickly. Yes, and I think another thing that really helped us back then and still helps us a lot is to see our journey as an adventure and to take everything that might happen as part of the adventure. And I, I remember when we left, we always said like, you know, if we do not like to travel like this, to live like this after two weeks, then we just say, if it doesn't work, do something different. And if it yeah. works, do more of it. And this is where we really, that was kind of our intention to have a solution focused journey in, in every sense. So do one step and then go from there. And this is also how we decide where to travel next. We don't have a route and, you know, know exactly where we will be. We have like some, some fixed points where we want to go. And from there we decide how to move on and just see what, what could work, what fits, where the energy is. And from there we go. And it, it sounds like from what you said earlier on, this kind of process that you have where, you'll look back and, and, and say, you know, what shows us that we're on our way to that preferred future, that that's a really motivating thing for both of you to do. Yeah, very much, yeah. And it reminds me of one of the stories we had that we also shared in our podcast with the oil leak. When uh, we arrived at one um, camping place, uh, Elfie looked uh, below the RV and there was a huge oil puddle. And uh, the first thing she said was, oh... This will be a very good story on Monday. It was, <laughs> was Friday. This will be a very good story on Monday. And uh, on the next podcast, we can show how we dealt with that in a solution-focused way. That was really this invitation to not uh, kind of worry, oh, no, the RV is broken and what do we do? But just to <laughs> stop for a moment and say, oh, yeah, this will be a nice story on Monday on a podcast. So, yeah. Hmm. What would, you, what would we like? How would we like to spend our weekend? And we realized that we want to go out for hikes, that we want to um, have a good time together and all those things. And also that we want to make some phone calls to find someone who could help us. And uh, of course, um, kind of uh, getting further with uh, this topic. But just this uh, realization of, oh yeah, this will be a nice story. And this will be a good way to show how we 
live solution focus in their, our everyday life? What's the real right stop to do at this moment? Yeah. So it helps to be documenting this stuff because you're reminding me, I've got quite a few comedian friends and whenever something that for the likes of myself would be a disaster happens, they're always kind of in the midst of the disaster and quite grumpy. But another part of them is thinking, this will be 10 minutes of stage timing for my stand-up comedy <laughs> set. <laughs> yeah, this really helps, yeah. <laughs> now, I know that you do um, a lot of um, solution-focused stuff around the issue of, of leadership as well. So I was, I was wondering if you'd be okay to talk about that a little. I'm, I'm wondering what does that involve to use solution-focused with leaders? Oh, we're excited to talk about that. Actually, it was, I think... Five years ago, Dominic conducted a study where he interviewed um, leaders who apply solution focus in their work. And out of this study, um, his book emerged. And um, one of the findings in, in the book, or like what, what really became clear for Dominic back then, was that Leaders do not have this kind of coaching conversations, but much more have these small interactions. So there are a lot of differences between coaching as a leader or between leading in a solution-focused way. And this really made us curious and this really made us interested in how to create conversations in, in you know in, in five minutes what what can we do different in in a five minute conversation in a two minute conversation to I see so focus to do things in a different way so if I'm understanding right there that you what 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 you are noticing is that leaders don't kind of have an hour to sit with with somebody they they kind of go in have a quick two three four five minute conversation and then off they go again is that, is that what you were saying? And so you wanted to try and find out how you could make those short conversations useful. Yeah, we realized we um, asked them for success stories and uh, their, how they apply solution folks in their leadership work. And from all the stories that came back, only two were kind of those classical coaching stories, one-on-one, -on -one, one hour or 45 minutes in a room talking about the topic. All the others were about everyday life conversations, everyday leadership conversations, meeting someone in the hallway, meeting someone in the elevator, and walking by a table and then talking to the employees, uh, having a meeting, having a workshop, um, having a kind of leadership conversations where uh, those are very structured, but then asking one question that is different, for example, and all those everyday interactions we used to call them um, really struck us because we realized it's really about using solution focus in leadership, in everyday leadership practice, or for us also using solution focus in everyday life, everyday life conversations. And we realized uh, when we heard all those stories that in every conversation, you can make a difference with this focus, with the question, with the way we listen, with the way we highlight, with the, our utterances and all those things. So, yeah, we really went away from this term coaching as a leader that we kind of had for about 10 years uh, to really calling it solution-focused leadership, solution-focused in leadership, in everyday leadership practice. So it's part of your work then to help leaders to make the most of those three, four, five-minute conversations and to, to ensure that they're solution-focused and useful. But maybe to invite leaders to have meaningful conversations whenever they are. This can also be the 45-minute um, employee conversations, for instance, and the performance meetings and stuff like that. And it can also be to do something different in a meeting. It can be to ask a different question in the elevator when they meet their, em their yeah. employees or when they're at the coffee table to do things differently and just to be more, I think, be more deliberate in choosing, in choosing the direction of the conversation. So we became very passionate about microanalysis where, it's, where we learned a lot about giving conversations a direction in, a, in an easy way and just 
realizing how we do that. And we learned that in our leadership trainings, when we started to apply microanalysis and give them examples of, of microanalysis from our own conversations, that they went out of the training and just did something different after one day training. And they really kind of got it. That's yeah, a, we re- that sounds fascinating. I'm just curious before you go on, though, can you explain a little bit more what microanalysis is? Yeah, microanalysis of face-to-face dialogue is actually a research method that um, Janet Davalos and her team um, started and promoted, especially in a solution-focused world. In, in 2007, I think it was, they uh, presented at a conference and uh, uh, Peter de Jong, Harry Corman, and uh, Wolfgang Geiswinkel, Mariana Rösler, and others got interested. And they went to a workshop with Janet Bavilis at her place to learn more about this microanalysis. And now they're bringing it into the solution-focused world more and more. And what you do there is you look at a conversation second by second. And you look really look at the interaction. You don't look at what is going on in the person or what the person thinks or might might want to ask next or whatever. Um, you look really look at the interaction and what you can see there. If you look at it moment by moment, second by second, really slowing it down in a sense of you have uh, maybe three seconds and then pause and then have another three seconds. You see that we in conversations cooperate at such a high speed. And that questions make a difference, but also the utterances, for example, uh, mm, at the right time mm. invites that person to talk about this that was highlighted, for example, much more. And they find out, for example, that uh, 97% of all the questions that in the research studies that they asked were answered. So we have really a big influence with the questions that we ask. People are cooperative. Wow. People will answer those questions. And there's so much to learn in microanalysis about that. And uh, there's a very good uh, website, microanalysis.ch, S-E-A, for Canada, where uh, you can uh, find all the studies about that. Okay, so that's microanalysis.ca, you say? Yes. Yeah, sorry, Alfie, carry on. And the thing is that we often had leaders coming to us and they told us, you know, I'm so solution-focused, but my employees, they always tell me, want to talk with me about the problem. And then we started asking them and asked them, okay, so what questions do you ask your employees when they come and want to talk with you about a topic? So and they say, yeah, what's the problem? And then we say, okay, you invite them to talk about the problem. So maybe if you could change the focus of your question and just ask for something else, you would receive different (laughs) answers. And this is something, well, this is really, I think, how conversations work. We often do not really reflect on the questions we ask. And microanalysis gives us the tool to rethink our questions in a very beautiful way, as we Mm -hmm. think. Yeah, because words are very important within solution focused, aren't they? There's a lot of assumptions in terms of the questions that we ask and the words that we use. Yeah, exactly. And uh, with microanalysis, you can really show, and most of the things that the solution focused people assume uh, can be shown and uh, really kind of, they say, can say true. <laughs> you can see that in microanalysis. And some things you cannot see. So that's really important, interesting for us and important to learn what is really going on in a conversation. Not just what do we think is going on, but what's really going on if we look at it uh, second by second. And yeah, that has been fascinating us for uh, three years. And uh, it makes such a huge difference because in our trainings, we realize that people, when they see that and, and they experience the difference it makes when they just highlight another word, for example, uh, when someone comes and says, well, it uh, was better two days ago and now it's really, really bad. And, uh, well, the employee says, oh, better. So what was better two days ago? Yeah. Uh, how the conversation, uh, well, goes into another direction. And most of them say, well, wow, I can use that in my everyday well, life, everyday leadership life. And I could use it th- this, there, 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 and there. And out of that, we created an exercise in our workshops that we usually do. Uh, we call it the red light um, uh, exercise 
in uh, Switzerland and Austria, the red lights are, you have a red light, you have an orange one and you have a green one. Here in Canada or the US, they only have the green and the white, but <laughs> it doesn't work with that. But here, here in the UK, um, we have red, red, yellow and green are traffic lights as well. That's yeah. good. Okay. Traffic light. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, the traffic light <laughs> exercise. And we invite the participants to find as many, many, many um, kind of forms of applications that they can think of in their environment where solution focus fits perfectly. And these are the green cards. So they find all the green things. They find, oh, I could use that in my, every, in my meeting, as a meeting start. I could use that, um, could ask another question when I meet someone in the elevator, for example, or I could use that in this and this situation. So they collect all those green cards. Then we ask them and say, okay, now find all the yellow ones where it could fit, but you're not really sure. And uh, might, you might need to think about that or might need to try it out to see, or you might uh, invent something uh, to it so that it fits well in your environment. And we let them collect all those. And then we invite them and say, and now all the red ones. Now we invite you to find all the um, situations where it doesn't fit, where something else is needed. And they mostly say, well, um, well, that's not that important. And we say, yeah, it is important if you know where this fits in perfectly well, and if you also see that there are some other things that work well and that can be used and are perfectly well in different situations, so that you get much more a feeling of, of where can I apply it and where don't I have to apply it. For example, when a leader knows exactly what he or she wants and, um, well, it will be done this way anyway. Well, he or she doesn't have to ask questions about preferred future, but about what would uh, show them that they're on their way and then say, nah, 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 I do it my way anyway, for example. So then they realize, well, there, yeah, there are situations where it's good to just say what I want. Don't have to ask uh, questions all the time. There are situations where I cannot ask the questions and, and have... Uh, uh, employees develop their own solutions because there's a company solution, for example, or there's a law, whatever it is. So this has been really a great um, exercise for us. And leaders come back and they say, well, this was really important for me to see where I can use it and also where I can do something different. So that's yeah. well, one way that we found out for us is really helpful to well, win leaders for this approach, kind of their own expertise. And the exciting thing is that people sometimes put things on the red and say, well, this here solution focus will not work. And we once had that um, in, in, in a course in, uh, at the University of, of Applied Sciences in Lucerne. Um, we had a participant, we had this seven days course. And after the second or third day, he said, I would never, it would never work in conversations where I have to fire an employee employee or to dismiss an employee and at the end everyone had to do a presentation so on the seventh day after three months he came back and his presentation was about a conversation he did with an employee he had to fire and it was just wow. so beautiful to see that something from a red un, un, un impossible to use it to wow I did it so this what turn was amazing. And th this is the beautiful thing. I think it, it invites people to also experiment with it and discuss things and be curious, stay curious about the approach. Yeah. Do you remember what, how he approached that? Because that is a difficult conversation, isn't it? How, how did they manage to, uh, to make that a solution-focused conversation when, he, when they were actually firing somebody? Yeah, he uh, had a detailed description of that. <laughs> and he said, well, of course, in the beginning, I just had to tell her that we um, have to release her and I have to tell her the reasons for that. And yeah. after that, I gave her some time. And then I asked her a, questions, a question about how she would notice when she goes out and later on and also maybe in the conversation that um, well, she can go on in a good way despite that yeah and so she was like mm, well, that's um, yeah difficult and well i think i would notice that i well think of what what to do next and i would would well i think it's um well i have a friend who knows how to write applications i could contact him and said, oh okay what else what else and they had a conversation like that and 
Um, you all also highlighted uh, with a question of what, what she has done previously that she did well and that she could could support her to find this new job and go on on after this conversation and things like that. And at the end, she thanked him and she said, you know, wow. I know this was not easy for you either. And uh, thank you very much that you did it like this. And I also know you had to do that. And this was such a great sign for him and also for us, how this switch, and of course, in the beginning, you, you just have to also communicate this decision. Yeah. Um, afterwards, he used that beautifully. And it was not kind of this um, well, the, uh, most eloquent question. It was just in the moment, hey, okay, so you go on, how would you notice that well, go on in a good way? So, yeah in there yeah it sounds like that was a very human connecting conversation because those questions were asked it, it kind of it implies a real concern for the other person doesn't it yeah very much so yeah so what difference do you think it makes because i'm sure you've seen organizations where the leadership has not been solution focused and you've worked with an awful lot of leaders where they are solution focused or have even become solution focused through the course of your your work with them. What difference do you think it makes when an organization has solution focused leadership? I think one feedback we receive a lot is that the leaders themselves feel more relieved because they don't feel they need to come up with everything, but they just can ask their employees and they can use all the resources they have in a in a very different way they can ask for support they can actually ask the employees to come up with great ideas and usually they do and so yeah. they feel like they don't need to do all the work and they don't need to have all the expertise and it's just more joyful for them it's e their work became easier and most of them also tell us more effective wow yeah, we're right now recording videos for a solution-focused leadership online conference in German language that we do in October. And we have uh, interviews with the 25 leaders who are applying solution focus in their everyday leadership life. And one of the conversations was with uh, a leader who is in charge of uh, stores and uh, different stores and uh, has about 180 employees there. And he got to know solution focus uh, just when we left, we had three days, the uh, last three days of our uh, leadership training that we did, and uh, he participated there. So nine months into Solution Folks Leadership, he told us all those stories, how he realized that uh, employees are, well, he has good employees, and they can think, and they come up with their own things and their own ideas, and they did the whole strategy process like that, and Elfie interviewed him, and she was just so impressed by all well, the differences it made. And he actually told me that they, imp they started implementing the strategy or they, it was actually the, the whole strategy process was with the employees and it started in January. And now we have August and they see that they have really they, their um, fluctuation. Do you, do you call it fluctuation, Alan, in English? Um, what's the what's the um, concept? You know, when, people, when people do not leave the organization, so they don't. Oh have yes, yeah, like like retention. Um, there's a there's a different word for it, but I know what you mean where where you're holding onto your staff, basically. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So they yeah. didn't have they didn't have any people leaving the company, which was different wow. to before. They had um, they could um, raise their um, their customer. Revenue by 5%, I think. People came up with the most brilliant ideas in, in the company and they really are excited about the strategy and it, it shows in the actual figures. They could raise their income. So it's really amazing. Hmm? Wow. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like in that particular example, the sense of ownership over decision-making and participation amongst the the workforce generally was was really increased by by going about it this way. 
Yeah, and what I really, really, really loved about the story is that, first of all, the whole strategy came from the employees. This yeah. is what he said. And he just needed to ask some questions. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> how he put it, right? And then, well, everything came from them. And then he does, like, the, the meetings right now look like that. They, they changed the term from meetings to workshops because he thought, like, okay, talking about meetings is... In a meeting, there is someone and they, you know, you, you talk about figures and numbers, but it's not a workshop in the sense that we develop something together. So he changed the, wor the word from meeting to workshop and now they have workshops. And in the workshops, they usually start with a round of highlights where they ask just for highlights of the last week. And then they would ask each other, what did you do in the course of the last week that supports the strategy? And then they set goals for the next week. And this is how they do their workshops. It's just lovely. Wow. Because it shows that they are really, that their meetings became important for their strategy. And it's not anymore just talking about something that no one will remember after the meeting. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it goes back to what, what you were saying earlier as well, doesn't it? About the importance of, you know, the assumptions that come behind words. So that, that small change changing it from a meeting to a workshop, that also implies so much co-creation rather than you turn up to be told what to do. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the, the great thing is it everything, like everything from concerning the strategy came from the employees or actually was, I would rather put it co-created by them because he yeah. for sure had a very important part in that. And then it reflects in the figures. So it's not only that people feel like they could contribute and are feel heard and important. It's also that it really reflects in the actual numbers that are at the end of the day important to this organization. Yeah, so staff turnover was non-existent and the, the revenue went up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we have uh, many different other uh, interviews that we're making right now. And one thing that is interesting is uh, that there are a lot of examples like that. And there are also examples of people who are applying that, or have been applying that uh, for years now, for 10 years or so, or eight years. Just uh, today you had an interview with uh, two people. And they say, well, you know, it's worth it. It's really worth it. And it's also an up and down It's, uh, well, change is happening all the time. There are new people who are coming. Um, some people are very fascinated and others might not be fascinated. And kind of this uh, doing it and going for it and also, also kind of seeing all the things that go into that direction was really helpful for them. So not all the stories are that enthusiastic and everything going well. It's also about uh, kind of staying persistent and doing it. And just uh, yesterday, we had an interview with the leader who said, well, there was this one guy in the beginning who said, this is nothing for us. Solution focus will not work. And now I had a conversation with him one and a half years later, and he asked me all those solution focus questions. <laughs> so it's not even about what people say about it, but just what they do in their everyday life. And if leaders stay persistent and just keep on going, let the employees experience that they always report back that the employees are doing more and more of that because it's useful for them yeah and, and i think one other important thing we usually hear is when people start to talk about solution focus in their organizations it usually doesn't work that well so what works for the people and i think it's not only the people we train <laughs> So is that they just live and walk the talk and invite people and share with people, okay, let's try something different and maybe tell them what they do this experiment for and then invite them in a kind of, well, experimenting way of trying out something new and then just seeing if it would work or not and then go from there. So actually really doing it in a solution-focused way, not selling, but doing yeah yeah that's what all the people tell us uh, and mostly in the beginning they try to convince their employees and convince their, <laughs> their uh, <laughs> colleagues and uh, they well pretty fast uh, realize that uh, it's not about convincing people but just letting them experience the differences and then they all well, they buy in 
Yeah, the, the story you told actually reminds me of what goes on in the therapy room. There's a real kind of parallel process going on there because you told that story of the the boss who one of the big differences was that their job became easier. And I think that's true in the therapy room as well. Um, when you see solution-focused therapists, their, their job seems a lot easier because they're not the ones who have to figure it out. They're asking Obviously, they have to be involved asking good questions in the way the boss did, but it's not on them. And so there's kind of less burnout, I think. And also the second thing is that in the therapy room, you, you do start thinking of your client as a, as a genius, really. And it sounds like that boss had started regarding their staff in exactly the same way. Yeah, yeah, very much parallel, yeah. So we're coming to the end of our time. I want to be respectful of, of both of your time. I'm really grateful that you've um, taken time out to, to speak to me on this podcast. I'm just wondering what your kind of best hopes moving forward, say, for the next couple of months? Oh, what a lovely question. Dominic and I <laughs> just sat together the day before yesterday, and um, there is this beautiful concept of rethink your business which Jesper Christiansen and Thomas Fea from Switzerland introduced to us and we uh, had the honor to participate their workshop and they gave us a slide where we reflect in a very joyful way what we do regarding our journey ever since we <laughs> learned about that last year and we sat together the day before yesterday and, and talked about that and about our best hopes from the next um, month. And one of the things for sure is to have our leadership conference, which is for the first time online, and um, to make a difference there for people in organizations to get examples of actual daily practice of people and inspiring them to do something, to keep on doing their solution-focused journey, to start their solution-focused journey, to connect with other solution-focused people and to change the way their organizations work. So <laughs> that's a very <laughs> best hope, maybe. Wow. And how, how about for you, Dominic? Yeah, there are so many things that uh, came up when we did that uh, two days ago. Uh, one thing is that one thing we were really fascinated is our podcast that we're doing, Simply Focus Podcast, where we interview people who apply solution focus in their life. And we have people who just learned it. Um, we have people who have applied it uh, for the last 35 years. So it's really great to also, like you are doing with this podcast, really showing what people are doing and uh, kind of have all those description of solution-focused work out to influence and inspire people to really, yeah, give it a try or do more of it and, yeah, feel and see what the difference is. So for us, it's always about, well, experiencing it for ourselves and then kind of finding out even new ways to do that, to do it, and also to let people experiencing it for themselves so that's a big hope that we have a lot of more people who well just go and do it do more of that wow and that's another, wonderful yeah go on Alfie and another thing if I may add that yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how much Dominic loves to hear that now <laughs> but one of, of my very 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 best hopes for the next weeks and months is to do even more workshops and meaningful conversations around our RV. So we did that several times with free coffee and meaningful conversations for people who just come together. And so if someone out there <laughs> would love to do a workshop with us with a free coffee and meaningful conversations, let us know. We are so happy to come to you if we are close by and to do something funny, crazy, and meaningful. Yeah, I think that's one of the most touching things on our trip, how many people we meet on the road that would never come in touch with Solution Focus. We, for example, in the US, we met people who live in their cars or people, homeless people on the street or people living in RVs or people just passing by. And uh, I think yeah, it's one became one of our passions to spread it even more there. 
So you've got so much going on. You've got your podcast, you've got your, your conference online, you've got your workshops, you've got your book, you've got your website, you've got your adventure. Where, where can people find you um, so they can keep up to date with all the stuff that you're both doing? Yeah, just yesterday we said, wow, how can we do that? We're really stressed and we're <laughs> on this journey that people sometimes call holidays. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, the, I think one of the best uh, things um, is our, our websites. One is uh, www.sfontour.com and then slash Simply Focus Podcast. One thing for the German conference is www.impulskonferenz.ch or www.solutionfocusleadership.com. There you okay. find all the information and details coming up about those things that we talked about. And we are also so very excited if yeah. people connect with us on Facebook at Solution Focus on Tour or on Instagram at Solution Focus on Tour. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you've got all sorts of photos and, and, and other information on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we would love it to have even more people commenting on our podcast and on our website to really be in touch with people. And uh, so we invite everyone to come to our websites and comment on what you like, what inspires you, and also what, what you might like to see in the future. So that's uh, also for us became very important since we're on the road and uh, sometimes we're all by ourselves and we're far away from our families and from our community. Sometimes it's became really important to be in touch with everyone in this way. And yeah. it also it also is a way of showing what's going on in the community. So to inspire others who might not have heard from Solution Focus before, if we from our community start to really show what we do and can do. And now I think Bibiana's movie is over. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think you were just being cool, though, weren't you, by Bibi? So. Uh... So that's a good time to end, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much for having us. Um, it's been a joy to have you both, Alfie and Dominic. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. And goodbye. See you soon. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. It's really lovely that you start this journey. And we are very excited that there is another solution-focused podcast. And I love your interview style. Thank you so much. <laughs> let's Thank spread you the very word. Much. I'll, I'll, yeah. Thanks very much to both of you. And take care. Thank, Thank you. you. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to the Solution Focus podcast, the official podcast of the UK Association for Solution Focus Practice. To find out more about us, visit ukasfp.org. That's ukasfp.org. Now, our best hope is that you'll spread the word by sharing the podcast with your friends and on your social media. Even better would be to rate us on Apple Podcasts so it's easy for others to discover the show. And if you'd like to contact us or even be a guest on the show yourself, just write to podcast at ukasfp.org. That's podcast at ukasfp.org. Until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye.